Welcome to the Destiny Awakening Interviews, a podcast with Andrew Wayfinder and his guests, bringing you powerful insights, inspiration, and ways to break free, live life your way, and make a difference in our changing and challenging world. So hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to another edition of the Destiny Awakening Interviews. I'm Andrew Wayfinder Renievich, and I'm joined today by Jan Rutherford, executive and executive coach, TEDx speaker, author, podcaster, and wilderness expedition leader. Very warm welcome to you, Jan. And where are you hanging out today? Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm in uh, uh, Oregon, and it's actually a nice sunny day here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, good for you. What part of Oregon? Just south of Portland. Okay. About an hour and a half from Mount Hood and an hour and a half from the coast. Well, that sounds pretty perfect. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Okay, well, now on to the work that you're doing. So a former Green Beret, Jan founded Self-Reliant Leadership at selfrelientleadership.com and leads the Crucible Wilderness Expeditions with executives and veterans to develop the grit, character, purpose, and trust that underpins all extraordinary teams and results. And as a senior instructor at the University of Kerala, Colorado's Denver School of Business, Jan also teaches leadership in the U.S. and Ireland. He's the co-host of the Leadership Podcast and author of The Littlest Green Beret on Self-Reliant Leadership. So thank you, Jan, for your time today. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And we're going to be speaking about The Crucible. And Jan is going to unpack that idea and his work for us in six questions. There we go. So the first question, who is your ideal client and what's the transformation you help them achieve? Yeah, most of the the folks I work with are senior executives in uh, Fortune 500 companies and even mid-sized businesses. And by mid-sized, anywhere from 30 million to 200 million or 200 million to 1 billion. But it's senior executives grappling with organizational issues. And also part of the crucible expeditions I lead involve those same people. And we pair them with military veterans who are transitioning from active duty service to the business world. So b- both those folks, I consider my, my constituents. Your people, great. Yeah. And it sounds like they, I mean, the next question would be, what's the biggest challenge they face? But I'm guessing that they might have very different challenges, or they might surprisingly have the same challenges. Yeah, uh, it would be the latter. Um, if, if I were to group it into the, the two things I, I work with people the most, is, one is their busyness. Um, just the fact that um, they, they wrestle with just managing their own time. Every single person I work with wants to spend more time in a more strategic area that they know is going to move themselves, other people, and and the business. The other thing that I spend a lot of time with people on is what I would categorize as misaligned expectations. And by that, whether people are managing up, down, sideways, there's a difficult conversation that needs to be had. And the, the reason that difficult conversation needs to be had is somebody's not doing what somebody else thinks they should be doing or behaving the way that they think they should be behaving. And normally, or usually I should say, it's gone on way too long. So now it's really a difficult conversation. 
And, and part of it is the ground rules weren't established at the very beginning of how the two people or the groups were going to communicate and resolve conflict and, and use healthy debate to actually produce better outcomes. And I think that that touches on all the work around trust in teams exactly. and, 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 and creating a safe place where you can exactly. make mistakes and explore and, and, you know, figure stuff out. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and part of that is not just the interpersonal skills required, but like you said, shaping an environment that's safe and where trust can flourish. And, and, and that's, that's difficult. And, and that's the transition that leaders make when they go from leading teams to leading an organization, basically senior executive roles, starting mm -hmm. to look at the system and cause and effect. And, and what are the things that we need to do to shape the culture that will change, you know, behaviors overall. So, and that's difficult. It's, it's hard. Okay. So that nicely ties in with question number three. What's the number one insight you would share with people in that situation to help them? Yeah. Well, it's the same insight that, that we gain on the crucible expeditions, um, no matter what. Every, you know, we've had hundreds of people go through and the, the takeaway is always, I need to slow down to speed up. I mean, it, it is as simple as that. They've got to stop being so busy and look around and say, what is essential? You know, what, what decision do I need to make that will matter for a long time? And, um, and, and that's difficult. Um, you know, we're just so wrapped up in activity and busyness and, and we, we, um, lose sight of, of what the results are and the outcomes we're after instead of just the busyness and the activity. It's, um, we sort of got to replace our reward system. You know, we're rewarded by being busy and needed and making quick decisions. You know, the thing, the long-term thinking is much more difficult and, and short-term wise, it's a lot less rewarding. You know, you might have to wait weeks or months um, to see the fruits of your labor as you will. Hmm. Reminds me of uh, the the number one regret people have in hospice is I never mm. really did what I wanted to do with my life. Right. Yeah. And then then to add insult to injury, the the number two regret is I didn't spend enough time with the people I loved. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, it's a it's the same. I mean, the I remember Marshall Goldsmith, who's a well known coach in the United States you know, saying to, to a small group of us one time, he said, I can read your mind. I know it. All of you are thinking right this second. And we're thinking, what? He goes, here's what you're thinking. In three weeks, when everything slows down, I'm going to blank. <laughs> and he's right. I mean, that's the lie we tell ourselves that, you know, this crazy busyness will be over soon. And it won't be unless we change, unless we start saying no to things. And that's hard because yeah. many of us are pleasers at heart. You know, we don't want to say no. We want to be needed. We, we want that short-term fix. And um, a lot of it, really, if you think about it, is delayed gratification. That's, that's the transition we have to make as leaders. Mm. It's the marshmallow test all over again. It, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so question number four, what concept? book, program, talk, or, or possibly experience has been most impactful in your own development? 
I had a mentor who was a retired two-star general from the Air Force, and he went on to be vice chair of a major engineering consulting firm. And he was just the greatest. And, um, you know, if, and, and what he taught me is the, the advice, if I had to give one piece of advice to a CEO, this, this is it. People support what they help create, period. And it's so simple, but, but that's it. Um, and it, that doesn't mean, you know, work is a democracy. And it, but it does mean, you know, you might not get a vote, but you get a voice. Mm-hmm. And that what we're really after as we lead is not compliance. Um, what we're after is commitment. And, and the way to get commitment is people support what they help create. And, you know, Simon Sinek, you know, evangelizes, you know, the why. It, it's the same principle. You know, people support what they help create. They got to get behind it, get their shoulder into it. So that would be it. Okay, great. So question five, what free resource would you like to share with the audience to help them today? Well, if, if, if you go to my website, selfrelientleadership.com, um, there's um, a, a coaching course out there on, on um, the power of journaling. And you can, you know, if you sign up for my newsletter, you can, you can get that free. And um, I've, I've got a ton of resources out there, you know, almost 200 videos. We've recorded over 250 podcasts. Um, all that you can find at selfrelientleadership.com. Okay. And that'll be also in the show notes. So our last question, number six. Yeah. What should I have asked you that I didn't? Well, I, I, I think, you know, it, 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 I thought about this and I think it, the question to ask is, well, why do you do what you do? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you outlined what I do and there's a lot of people that do that. But if we go back to a little bit of Simon Sinek, um, well, why do you do it? Um, y- you know, early on as, as, as a teenager, you know, I became a Green Beret and I was around Medal of Honor recipients and people that had survived being prisoners of war. And, and I was around these great leaders and I saw some of them, you know, because of their experiences were great and some of them were great because of the position they held. But I also noticed there was a lot of great leaders that didn't have rank. They didn't have those experience. And I, I was fascinated by what made them effective, why I would just follow them to do anything. And what I started to realize is great as leaders that I experienced, I was starting to experience as a young man, you know, some really bad leadership. And I realized that, you know, unlike physicians as leaders, we don't take a Hippocratic oath. We don't say, you know, do no harm, but we should, you know, every, every time someone's promoted into a leadership role, they should have to take an oath that says do no harm um, because we can affect people's physical, emotional, and mental health, you know, for the good or for more for the not so good. And um, so I've just been fascinated my entire life and been a student of, of leadership. And I, I'm on this quest to figure out, you know, what makes people more effective because when they're great leaders, they're going to have great teams and there's a ripple effect throughout partners and associates and families in the community. And um, I think, you know, um, that's my little way of trying to make the world a 
a little bit better place is helping leaders be more effective. And, um, you know, I, I just love what I do. And I, I um, honestly feel like if you're lucky enough that, you know, you, you don't have a job or a career, but you get to pursue a calling. And that's what I feel like the last 10 years have been for me. And I'm very grateful. That's a perfect place to end on a, on a really beautiful vision. So thank you, Jan, so much for your yeah. time today. Thanks. Thanks. It was a pleasure being on your show. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Awakening interviews. If you have a friend who would benefit, please share and subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a review. We really appreciate it. And remember, always use your power for good.